whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, 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 or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Welcome to Whatever You Do. I'm Danny. And I'm Abby. We're just best friends trying to figure out how to bring glory to God in whatever you do. Danny's finishing chewing up her really loud, crunchy Sorry. chip. Mm. It's a homemade one. It's healthier. <laughs> Delicious. Well, we are going to sneak in a recording session here. It's Thursday night. Yep. Not Friday. Abby's got big plans major, for her major Friday night. Plans. So we're doing this. Yep. So... How's it going? Good. Marshall, I got, I don't. You've got a heat pack, I see. I know. It's not as The nice. cold pack, I it's see. Yeah, I have my rib pain already it's, starting. It's starting. I feel like this is kind of a normal time-ish. It's at least a month early. Normally, it's like towards where I'm almost in my third trimester. I agree with that as of arrow. But I very clearly remember with Ruben you saying the same thing that it was happening really early, but Mm. I felt like it was around your mid-20 weeks-ish. Okay. So, yeah. I get weird. I don't know if it's a muscle or if it's, like, specifically my rib or what, but... It definitely gets worse, I think, each time, each pregnancy. But it's just like a pain, really sharp... Mm-hmm. Pain in my side. So, anyway. Yeah. Ice usually helps it. Bought a new fancy ice pack that wraps around you so I can just Velcro's Velcro on. it on. And my problem is, whenever I would need it, I had never put it back in the freezer. And this has two freezer packs, so I can always You always just... have one in there. Yep. So. I feel like kids are being extra special and cranky well tonight. in defense tim is out there with all the littlest ones i know there's no big helper i there's mean no, kate is yeah kate is the oldest one out there who's eight but then it's like all of our littlest ones and babies no and, big sisters they're all gone at bible yeah. study biggest brothers are gone grandmas yeah and my baby especially today has been a hot mess so we'll see how much we get through yeah this but we better start talking about something important we're trying because if we end this episode at 15 minutes of talking about what colors our kids remind us if of... If you ever want to hear that episode, just go, go back a it. few a few weeks. It was no, we really have to great. have something more encouraging than that. I think so. we both have something to talk about. Okay. What do you have to talk about? Well, it was kind of what I was talking to you about earlier. I just had a chance to really put more of a definition on... It. Okay. And I think it's something we've talked about before. This is can cover a lot of topics and areas, mm-hmm. but really that idea of oh, I'm gonna lose my my my, my phrase I came up with. Um, oh, we've talked about this before, probably even this phrase, but the exception and the rule. Mm-hmm. Yes, and how I really think that so much of what we struggle with you and I wanting to communicate is that things in our culture that we feel have gotten backwards Mm -hmm. 
that instead of viewing one thing as the rule mm-hmm. and that there's exceptions to that, we want to either view it completely the opposite where the rule is the complete opposite thing mm-hmm. and the exception is, or we want to try to say that because of the exceptions, we can't acknowledge the rule. the rule. Well, I feel like that argument is used a lot of time with abortion of like, well, what if someone gets raped or what if the mom is going to die in carrying on with the pregnancy? Like these like, what if like scenarios that pull at your heartstrings and get you to then say like, well, okay, fine. All abortions. Okay. Like when like there is there is a difference between what the norm, like what the majority of should be. But versus so I've been thinking about it a lot more in the context of birth, uh-huh. in the context of breastfeeding, in the context of birth control, those mm-hmm. types of things where our society, because they don't acknowledge God and his creation and how he, what the rule is that he created right. things to mm-hmm. be. And when that, we say rule, just because people can get, yes, we're not saying this is like a rule, like if you're not doing it, you're sinning. You're breaking no, God's rule. Because there's exceptions and there's, this is talking about when you have the standard of right. the norm, mm-hmm. the normal and then what's outside of normal. Right. So we, I just feel like people can get in a tizzy when you say rule. I know. But so that's just wanted to clarify. What people say is what, the exception yes. to I just the want rule. to clarify what we mean by rule. Yes. It's not. Uh, the norm, the way it was originally created to go. And right. And then. Because of sin entering the world, things do go outside of There's that. There's exceptions. Right. And it's not bad to acknowledge the exceptions, but when you end up acknowledging the exceptions to the point that now that becomes the, the norm. norm. Yes. And now the normal becomes this crazy exception. Right. That's when it gets a little bit needing to talk about. Yeah. What is normal and what is not, and mm-hmm. why are we doing it in the way we are doing it in? Mm-hmm. So, I know we've talked about that before, but it's just that whole mentality of things getting flipped backwards has just been on my mind a lot right. again for in a lot of different contexts. Yeah. So, I think it kind of ties in with what you were wanting to talk about as well, but not, it's kind of a side yeah. tangenty yes. thing. So. And I think that this fits in, we've talked about this a lot of times too, with like principles and methods and how there are, there are like standards as Christians that like we need to hold to as truths, but how that is like played out in individual, in, in individual families and individual couples decisions can be different and there may be different methods that that plays out in too. Right. But it's not like we're saying this is the norm and you only can like be one of the exceptions outside the norm if you meet like our criteria of what that looks like. Right. We we don't set the standards right. and the criteria. We for can that. just but acknowledging what the normal is for birth for breastfeeding, for... What was the other one you said? Oh, bir- said like birth, birth control, control slash like having children and getting pregnant and that kind of thing. All of those things, like... 
it somehow then becomes like offensive if you even talk about like God's original design for those things. As if you're just completely refusing to acknowledge that there are exceptions to those things. Right. So I think that's kind of what you're I think that referring to. These are the topics that we focus on on this podcast, but we're seeing it as super prevalent throughout all of our culture in mm-hmm. even broader ways than that of people just getting offended over the truth of what God designed. Right. And as Christians, we shouldn't be doing that. Right. We shouldn't be getting offended over someone saying that like God created a woman's body to work in this way for getting pregnant or for having a baby through pregnancy, through birth, because just because their experience might not have been that. Right. That doesn't that doesn't mean that it should be offensive to say that God originally created it to be this way. Right. Yep. I think it just gets emotionally charged and I think as women we just carry around a lot of guilt over feeling like we didn't do something right or do a good job or we failed or our bodies failed or but I think I know that honestly for myself as well there's a lot of idolatry and just wanting to be selfish and wanting what we want too yeah yeah and so it's not even always this poor me I'm feeling this guilt for something I shouldn't even be feeling guilt over sometimes it's you should be feeling guilty and you are putting something above the creator and you're putting your desires and your plans and what you want mm-hmm. to put in place mm-hmm. a higher place than you're putting God and right. seeking him for what you should be doing or not doing mm-hmm. in a lot of these situations and yeah so in a like overview Give me what you would say you believe about how, like, what is the rule slash norm slash how did God create these different handful of processes to work? I just remember probably around, I don't know, 10 years ago or so, somewhere in the mix of rethinking about things. I remember this moment that felt so revolutionary that is the most simplistic thing ever Mm -hmm. where I realized how, how much all the people around me, it was this given and this this mentality that you do employ some method in some way to try to keep from having a baby when you enter the marriage covenant Mm -hmm. until you've determined that it's a good time to try to have a baby. Right. That the, the way I was brought up and the way that the people all around me talked and... The, the general mentality was that that was the normal thing. The normal thing was you actively attempt to try to not have babies, even though we're going to say and celebrate that now that you're married, 
you should be having sex because that's a great part of marriage and mm-hmm. that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But you should be trying to not have babies until right. X, Y, and Z are all, mm-hmm. you have your ducks all in a row and yeah. you're ready for that. And when it hit me, but wait, if I look back at how God created Adam and Eve, he didn't create them and say, and make sure you're wise. Here's your condoms until you figure out which, when you want to have your first kid. I mean, it just, when you think about just, okay, here's a man and here's a woman and they come together and God created this part of marriage, this, Mm -hmm. the only part of marriage that's truly unique from Mm -hmm. other relationships. Right. And it's not like God didn't know what right. he could do with that. Yes. Which was that he could allow that relationship to mm-hmm. make more people. Mm-hmm. So. And again, that would be like what the norm is. Right. So am I saying that there's never times and right. situations that before God together, a husband and wife Decide, prayerfully yeah. come to a decision that they use some sort of method that I mean that it should be done with a care of we are intentionally making a choice to be going outside of what's normal mm-hmm. by doing that not what the normal thing is and what everyone does is right use methods to prevent birth until right. we're ready to try for it right and then then assuming that we're just going to get pregnant when we decide it's the right time. Right. And expecting that that is what is going to happen. I was just reminded by a friend today in a conversation that how many women, I, I feel like it's so far removed from my thinking now that I can hardly comprehend that this is really what so many women feel like but how many women think they need some sort of permission or clearance from their doctor to even start trying I put that in air quotes in my fingers to have a baby that they need to go and get some checkup or and and get this like and that if they've had a c-section that you have to have this many months or if you've had a miscarriage then you have to, my doctor said i can't i can't try and i feel like it's a very i, I feel like i've heard it many 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 yes times. i was told after my after my first baby we got pregnant with our second baby that we miscarried and it was very from a midwife in an ob's office said like you need to wait three months before you try to get pregnant again and I was pregnant two weeks later. <laughs> right. But that's what I'm saying. That yes. I've heard many women yes. not decide that that is not an authority in their life that has the right to say that. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, it's just taken as, well, I'm not allowed to right. now. And but then it's like, you then have to implement something. Like, you can't just be like, I'm not allowed to... So we, what do you just like not have sex then? 
for, for three months, months or you have to then figure out what you're doing. And that's the very beginning of this kind of, this isn't a, well, let me lay out for you what some of the risks might be or why I would say something like that or yes, right, whatever. And you take that information and you and your husband decide what is best. Right. That's appropriate. That's right. It's not to say that there are never considerations. It's not to say that depending on what stage of a loss that you might take time before right, coming for your, together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not this, oh, you should just be getting pregnant two weeks later. I mean, right. but it, but it comes this, down to like how we're how we're viewing this as like what is what is the norm in our marriage and what is how are we viewing? Sex, the role of sex in our marriage, how are we viewing our control in when and really I feel like a lot of it comes down to like, do we just think we have it figured out of like what would be best more than like God's ability to close a wound or open a womb. Right. So that's kind of where it starts and then moving into birth choices. I can't remember what other one I said. What's I'm like what's the third one you said? Breastfeeding, so it's oh, after. Okay, all right, great. We're going in order. Um that with with birth that I believe very much that women's bodies were created on purpose to go through a normal event of giving birth. Mm-hmm. And I do think that there are times that there are medical factors that come into play and that need to be addressed and that need to be helped and that I, this is still what I will forever be working through. I'm sure my whole life will be trying to figure out what what guidelines we look at and what ones we don't and how uh, understanding that each person is so different and mm-hmm. what are normals for one person won't be normals for another person. What's normal for a person in one pregnancy might not be normal in another right. pregnancy. I think even for ourselves when we are pregnant, understanding there's, we've talked about this before, the whole intuition mm-hmm. and that, but also knowing your intuition can be wrong. Right. And so that's not this reliable. Our feelings aren't reliable mm-hmm. sources, but there's a lot of times that things that we've decided as a culture are sure science and very matter of fact are not. Mm-hmm. That there's error that takes place. There's right. human error. There's technical errors. There's discrepancies with what might be, again, what might be normal for one person and not normal for another person. Mm-hmm. And we can't always base every decision on this. We've tried to make these clear cut boxes that we can just check right. off that I don't think it was ever meant to be that. Right. And from and like the defense of an OB office, like they, they have to have, like have their, they've been taught to have these standards in which once you go over this mark, then you're labeled with this high risk issue or whatnot. And, and so much of that is because they are taking on the responsibility of the decisions. The OB is. Yes. Right. Right. And so when they're doing that and they are taking on that liability, 
Right. They do have to have ways that they can say, I'm comfortable with this or I'm not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's fair. I think that's... Uh, if I was being put in the position of making a decision on someone else's behalf mm-hmm. and they were looking to me and expecting me to know the right answers and to do the right things, I would treat it very differently than if I'm just making decisions for myself. Right. But I think the hard part comes into sometimes is the starting place of where your care provider is coming from. Right. If your care provider is starting at a mentality or worldview that birth is dangerous and they're there to save the day and like make sure nothing and that you can't have a baby if somebody's not there to monitor everything um or the other mindset i feel like there's there's it's a sliding scale of like different variations of this but i would say the second mindset would be um believing that birth isn't pregnancy isn't a disease and birth was created to go normally but in that we can treat it that way up until something comes up or arises to show us that we maybe need to take different steps and i do think that there is a a group of people that hold to that mentality to some degree who don't understand the fallenness of this world yeah and who very much would say nothing can ever go wrong and Mm -hmm. very much try to encourage women that as long as that you just do x y and z everything will be fine and there will never be any problems and you don't need to worry and nothing can happen to your baby and nothing can happen to you and i think that that's wrong that's not yeah I mean, so that gets tricky though is how do we utilize the tools that we do have and make mm-hmm. decisions of what we are going to measure, what we are going to monitor, what we are going to look at that and where are those tipping points of this is in mm-hmm. a normal realm and this is outside of normal. Right. And I think there's a, a huge gray area. And oh, yeah. I think that's where the informed consent becomes yes. such a big deal. Yes. And totally. becomes allowing parents the right to make decisions without that the carry threat, risk. Right. Without the threat of calling Child Protective Services because you're not making the decision that the doctor wants to make or the coercion that can happen in those scenarios and, that are very much gray areas. Right. And wanting, understanding that parents want their kids to be safe, but that there's a level right now that has happened where trust has been broken mm-hmm. when parents do feel pushed into certain making certain decisions and not because of the best interest necessarily of them or their child, but mm-hmm. more from the protection of the doctor or the hospital or, well, this is just the policy because we have to do this for everyone because right. we just need to make it a certain mark and it, it probably doesn't really apply to you, but... Right. If it applies to this mom over here, we just, you have to fall in it right. too. I mean, a good example of that is like giving babies the hepatitis B vaccine. Yes. When it's known for sure that the mom and the dad don't have hepatitis. Right. So we're injecting a brand new... being put in any sort of risk for it. Right. There's zero risk for it, but that's just to ensure people don't fall under the cracks and that it just gets to everyone. 
but then you're literally injecting your brand new baby with a vaccine that your baby carries zero risk of having. Right. And at that time, not wanting to acknowledge that that making that choice carries risk with it. Mm-hmm. So you're made to feel that there's no risk in giving the vaccine mm-hmm. for something that really, if you know and you're confident that there's really no risk of your baby being exposed to hepatitis B, mm-hmm. then it's it's just not clearly laid out and encouraged for parents to be the one to make that call and right and, to even and take know that responsibility. And, yes, right. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, the informed consent thing I think is just what needs to be talked about what is really lacking in both I mean all sides of the spectrum all home birth hospital birth it can be missing in a lot of areas of I mean I I've seen it in people who've had home births who then just decide like well their midwife is just going to tell them what they need to do and they're just going to do it and but that's not the other not informed consent either the other major issue that we run into with all of this that I know we've felt very blessed to have different resources around us that have helped mm-hmm. us in our situations of trying to make decisions and have true informed consent. But a lot of times you don't have access to certain tools and certain information unless you're going through yes. a provider who gives you permission to get something or order something for right. you. And then it even getting the results sometimes can be really hard. Um, we've we've seen a little bit of a change in lab work just in the Barely. last. Yes. Right, but I feel like compared to when yes. I had my first baby almost 14 years ago, I don't think that I could have, I don't know. I mean, I guess I wasn't looking into it, but between how much the internet has changed things and then how much labs in general and just the push for Mm -hmm. having more choice in that but it wasn't something that I could I knew was readily available to just go to SnoreQuest and order my own workup of certain things Mm -hmm. Um, but when you want to get an ultrasound when you want to do different things to check in with Mm -hmm. your baby or your own body this even applies when you're not pregnant you have to try to find a care provider that you do feel lines up with your values and is going to assess things in a way that you can trust and hope that they will see things in a way that you can get the things done that you would like done. And I know that even with that, then you have insurance and the restrictions they place on right. yeah. different things and the... the problems that insurance has caused for pricing of things mm-hmm. and there's just a lot of aspects that go into all of that that yeah but i mean how can i mean god has given the responsibility going back to just pregnancy in general of this new life that you're carrying god has given the responsibility of that to the parents to make the decisions Again, that doesn't mean that you don't seek outside help, um, that you don't learn and grow from outside outside sources, but ultimately the responsibility is given to you. Like your 
OB is not responsible for is God did not give the responsibility of like your child's health to your OB or your pediatrician or the public school teacher or like none of these options were given God didn't give give them to them not to say that you can't utilize these things but you have to be discerning on that you still ultimately are responsible for these decisions and so make you need to know the decisions that you're making right in order to be making them wisely right yeah there's something else I was going to say about it that's gone it left well yeah there are so many different scenarios in which this all plays out and can affect that this general topic that mm-hmm. we're talking about but also the topic you were thinking about it plays off of this because yes. of it kind of more goes into how we handle when when we are put into the situation where things now are outside of what we believe are normal and right. good and mm-hmm. how we would want something to go and right. now we've had to make decisions that do address brokenness yeah I mean, we know that sin has entered the world and has taken the process that God originally created of, just say, birth, for example, to go in this specific way. But because of sin in the world, there are things that are broken at times and that it doesn't always go that way. And I think with that, sometimes there can be a lot of feelings surrounding that of guilt or trauma or fear um or even just grieving and loss right yeah i mean there's there's times and there's times when things aren't gonna go the way that god originally designed it to go and there there the parents in and of themselves have to evaluate how they made decisions and whether those impacted that or not. But sometimes they very much did. And we have to be willing to confront these decisions Mm -hmm. I made for these reasons really did contribute to this outcome. And other times we can really evaluate and think I did everything in the way that I felt was best. And Mm -hmm. the outcome still was not ideal. And we're not saying that even when you, take responsibility of some of the decisions you make that those that the decisions were necessarily sinful or anything like that right um i to be clear we're not saying that these things happen because of sin sometimes we do experience consequences from making sinful choices yes mm-hmm. but sometimes we don't make sinful choices. We experience just effects of the fall. still brokenness. Right. So. From the fall, not like a specific, you didn't make this decision right, and so now you sinned and had this consequence. Like, yes, sometimes there's that. But sometimes you did everything, quote unquote, right. We're really Or your body just isn't, there are 
parts of things that were even born with broken bodies. There's yes. genetic mm-hmm. defects. There's aspects of all of our bodies that might not be the most ideal, might mm-hmm. not function exactly perfectly. Mm-hmm. And that's not because of a specific sinful action on right. our part, but... But I do feel like there needs to be room to grieve that and to feel sad about that and understand, like, I think that sometimes when somebody doesn't have a birth experience that they were hoping for and it goes a different way, the common phrase is like, well, I mean, at least your baby and you are okay. At least everyone's alive. You should just be grateful that... that There's that super fine line, though, between grieving being able to acknowledge what is good and what is broken and yet not wallowing in it yes not and knowing god's not, sovereignty and trusting that yes i wanted this birth to go this way and it didn't for these reasons and i'm sad that it didn't go this way and i can cry over that and i can feel sad over that but what i know is true is that god is sovereign he is the giver and taker of life he created my body and this these things happened not outside of god's control right He did not know that this was going to go this way. And he's going to use it. He's going to use this sadness and this brokenness and this experience that wasn't what we were hoping for, for our good, for his glory. Like he's going to... making sure that we are going back to looking to him Mm -hmm. and praising him and not wallowing in self-pity. Yes. Or really clinging on to whatever happened as this massive part of our identity that right. we now... And that's where it comes into, like, mom shame and feeling the sense of, like, not a good enough mom because I had a C-section and I didn't have my baby vaginally. Like, that, that is a wrong mentality to have. Like, if you had a C-section and didn't have your baby val- vaginally and wanted to and it didn't go that way, like, it's okay to feel... A level of sadness over it didn't go go the way that you had hoped it would have but at the same time you need to acknowledge God and his sovereignty over that and be willing to submit your feelings under what God says is true right what about the mom who didn't want to have her baby vaginally Always wanted to have a C-section, had a C-section, is happy that she had a C-section, didn't want to go through. I I think there it is hard because in that case, this is the hard conversations that we're wanting to approach respectfully and carefully of really needing to evaluate that's a different design than how God created it. And so what right. were I your reasons? You, and we yeah. can't know someone's right. reasons. You have to, you have to go heart. back to like the motivation behind it and where their heart is at. And what, like, and so we, we can't say... We can't make that judgment right. call. We can't. And we won't. And it would be wrong for us to do that. Right. But at the same time, all we can do is start at the foundation of God's creation and how God originally created it to go. And again... You can make decisions outside of that. You can bring in extra resources and extra people to help you do things in a different way for specific reasons. But you still have to acknowledge God created it to go this way. If you start promoting 
everyone around you to have C-sections because it was just keep so the vaginal tissue in shape better easy and you could just choose when you want it to, to be done it's convenient and I think when you get to certain certain reasons and certain promotion of that again we can't make the judgment call for sure mm-hmm. but you really do have to majorly look at does this line up with right. God's design of things and, and I think a lot of things is that creator back down to like the idolization of control of like we want to have control over how something's gonna go gonna go when it's gonna take place Sim- similarly to like getting pregnant we want the control of when what time how and we want to be the ones in charge of that and that's where we have to get to a place of we're not like we don't get to decide is it wrong outrightly wrong to desire and say I would really love getting pregnant in this month and being due in this month and this would really work out so well with our plans or our family right no that's not Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with being able to look at what the things are around you that you know and Mm -hmm. saying these are good aspects of this. These would be hard aspects of this. But when you take that to a level where now getting pregnant at a certain time or not getting pregnant at a certain time leads to a place of discontentment in your heart mm-hmm. and bitterness and just starts to take root in a different way, then that's it's not okay to right. let it lead to sin. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between acknowledging benefits, pros and cons of things, mm-hmm. and actually allowing your lack of control over things to lead to sin. Yeah. And I think it's also easy to grow in bitterness towards people who have an easier experience than you do. Um, that plays into getting pregnant. Some people get pregnant. The second they want to get pregnant, they get pregnant. Some people have ideal births that are like picture perfect. Everything went so smoothly. So they were, it was a great experience. And some people don't at all. Mm-hmm. And then that also goes into nursing, which was the other topic you had mentioned, which is some people... It's really easy. They love it. They enjoy it. And it's not like a huge struggle. And then there's some people where it is a huge struggle. And they struggle then with feelings of guilt or shame or any of those things. Because, again, God's original design for feeding our babies when they come out of our wombs is to nurse them, to breastfeed them. That was God's original design. When you look at the beauty of the fact that women's bodies, once their baby is born... As a general statement, women's bodies, all mammals' Mm -hmm. bodies, the mom produces milk and the baby feeds from the mother. And even that, the process of that plays into how your uterus clamps down to help control bleeding and to help shrink your uterus and to give you those um, post-birth contractions. Like, these things play together. Like, God was not just like, well, I think we'll do, we'll squirt some milk from the nipples. Mm -hmm. Like, he, like, had a design in all of these things to work together. And again, 
Sometimes they don't work together well. And sometimes you can struggle in all of the areas of my body is failing and struggling to get pregnant. And then it struggled to my whole birth experience was horrible. And now I can't feed my baby. And like you can have all of these things go wrong. And it's really easy to look at someone next to you and be like, they just had it so easy and either feel bitterness towards them or guilt over what you didn't get to do or experience or have. And that's where we have to be really careful to acknowledge God's design in it is a good design. And it was perfect. But we also know that because of the fall, things don't always go that way. Mm -hmm. And God is good. Even, I mean, God repeatedly tells us in scripture that our, our trials, our suffering isn't just for nothing. Like he is using those to sanctify us, to grow us, to bring himself glory. So when we pity ourselves and grow bitter towards our neighbor, because we didn't get the experience they got that we wanted, that's wrong. And that's sinful. And that's idolizing something that you should not be idolizing. Right. But again, there is sadness that comes with that. Like, I'm not going to pretend, I'm not going to say that that's wrong. We can still, we can still acknowledge that God, this isn't, this isn't God's perfect design. God allowed this. God Mm -hmm. did know and allow my body to be created in a way that this didn't work out perfectly or allowed me to make choices that allowed this to not work out perfectly Mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be. He's, He's still good in in that, and right. but that we can still look at the general... Mm-hmm. I mean, God designed eyes to see, yet there are people who are born without sight. Mm-hmm. And we can look and say, well, that doesn't mean that the people whose eyes see should all be working towards not seeing anymore. I mean... Or everyone should just have glasses because some people need them. Right. Like that... We've used this analogy with like a feeding tube and like risk of like some people need a feeding tube to survive and some people don't and got they use the way that God designed their body to work in order to nourish their bodies. Yeah. I was listening to the... The, a podcast that you had sent me of Dr. Stu and talking about... Was it the one I posted on Facebook? Yes. He was talking about the C-section rate mm-hmm. and how oh, yeah. realistically it should be between 10 and 15% mm-hmm. and that in America... According to like the World Health Organization, right. not like according to him. Right. And that a, a conservative estimate in the United States currently is 30%. Yeah, I think it's like 30. I know. He just seven. said that that was yes. a conservative That was like estimate. five years ago, though. And so he said, it's not like we're talking about a small... This is... that's. He said, if you take the most conservative estimate of that, 15% and 30%, you're doing double the amount right. of surgeries than what you really mm-hmm. would need to be doing. And he said, this isn't like... A surgery that is just occasional. This is Mm -hmm. one of the most commonly Mm -hmm. done procedures in the United States. He said, so I think he said at that time that it's like 1.3 million surgeries are done in the United United Mm -hmm. States a year. And so he said that would be 650,000 
surgeries. He said, could you imagine if we did 650,000 knee surgeries that didn't actually really need to be done mm-hmm. and we just did it, well, just in right. case. Yeah. He's like, people would be outraged if we were doing right. 650,000 mm-hmm. surgeries of other types that weren't right. really called for and needed. Right. But no one says anything about mm-hmm. this. Yeah. And I think there's some aspect of that because women aren't made to know whether or not this is... Necessary or not. Right. Because every every person, for the most part, who's getting the C-section is feeling like that's what they need to do because their doctor told them that's what they needed to do. But again, this comes down to informed consent. Right. And do you actually know why you're getting your C-section? Do you actually know maybe the risks that led to where you're at right now? And like, do you acknowledge that? Do you understand that? Um, I was just telling Danny about a birth video I watched the other day of this mom where she was like clearly about to have her baby in the hospital and they just walked in again it's a video i don't have the full context i don't have the full story i know all of that but i i also know that this happens from attending enough births i've attended in the hospital i know this happens where they just walk in and they're like unplugging her like okay nope we're gonna get your baby out you're having a c-section and you're just it's not there's no conversation right. there's no this is what we're seeing. These are the risks involved. This is what we're worried is happening with your baby. Right. We think that it would be wise at this point to move into a C-section. Right. Here are your options. Right. Why don't you and your husband take some time to... Right. This wasn't an emergent situation where right. no. the mom is about to die any second. Or the and, baby's about to die. It's like... Right. Yes. Right. So obviously there's like... There's times in which like... You don't have time you, for those conversations. You don't have time for those conversations, but that's what's hard is those conversations are rarely had. And of there's giving many, it true many informed times, consent. There's many times that there is time for those conversations. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And, I mean, and things are labeled an emergency that are not yes. in any way emergent, but they are labeled that to mm-hmm. give an amount of peace to the parents that this was necessary and they didn't have time to think about and make the decision the decision was made for them whether they wanted it to be made for them or not right because they felt like it was emergent but then when you go back and look at their records or get their own file and they start reading those things and they're like oh this wasn't really emergent this wasn't we did have time to talk about this and think about this and look at other options but no other options were even presented that's a problem. That's right. not informed consent. Right. Hmm. Huh. So where do we get where do we where do we conclude from here? The conclusion is we're still at a place with no conclusion. As far as like in our own lives, I mean I think we would even come to different conclusions and that's okay like of like what things we think about different levels of of that's the thing, though. And- Honestly, I think what it comes down to and what we would be encouraging each other in all the time and other women, the encouragement is that, honestly, I can't really know 
what I would feel comfortable with or what levels of monitoring or what information I want until I'm in this situation. Yeah. And I know that for myself personally, and I know for you personally, that that it has been different for different pregnancies. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie and say that there haven't been times that I've wanted information or wanted to do things potentially even from places where I'm not trusting the Lord or I am wanting to have some amount of control or there are our reasons aren't always just I, I think that that can get really confusing because there can be moments where our our decisions feel like a combination of things mm-hmm. and so there's a very valid and very th- wise and very thought out and very necessary aspect of a decision but that doesn't mean that it's not still coupled with Mm -hmm. a level of struggling and sinfulness of wanting to be in control and wanting Mm -hmm. to uh, be holding on to fear Mm -hmm. and that's where it's really something that you have to be taking to the Lord. You have to be confessing that sin mm-hmm. to the Lord and, and asking to your the Lord to reveal it to you. If you're praying over a decision and sorting out a decision that you're trying to make, like we don't always know our own heart motivation in these things. And we need to be asking God to reveal if there's sin in these, in these decisions of motive of motivation for a different choice. And right. He will reveal that to you as you're asking him for that. And there's times that he very much reveals, well, you, I don't want you to get this ultrasound for the reasons you want to get the ultrasound and you are being sinful before me in that. But I do actually want you to get the ultrasound, but you have to do it with a pure heart and Mm -hmm. pure intentions that are what I'm asking of you. And sometimes the answer is, no, you're not supposed to get the ultrasound. I don't care how much you want it. These are things that we can't always explain. We can't always help others to know exactly how we're feeling about things. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, like, we're not the standards of, like, what you should or shouldn't do. Like, we can't, we can't lay out this plan of, like, these are the things that are necessary. This is the blueprint you're supposed to follow. Right. But understanding that we should have, we should have critical thinking skills applied mm-hmm. as we make even the first choices in our pregnancies in regards to parenting mm-hmm. and choosing things for our children Mm -hmm. and understanding that the choices we make do have consequences good and bad Mm -hmm. and yeah I think it just needs to be thought through and prayed over and approached with we should be wanting to try to understand these things Mm -hmm. and not just well I don't really care I just want somebody else to do it for me yeah this reminds me it's kind of off topic but kind of not but Last week, we announced an uh, introduction to birth class that we were doing. Yeah. But then we changed the date. Did we say the date on the... Yeah, on, we did. Oh, well, yep, we changed the date. So we had said last week it was April 27th, but then we needed to change the date due to another... Conflicting event. So it's going to be the following Tuesday, May 4th. 
6.30. May the 4th be with May you. May the 4th be with you as we try to figure out how to explain these things. But Danny's house, message us if you uh, want more information about it or to be invited on the Facebook event. But thought I'd mention that because... It's probably going to be a whole lot of all the things we just talked about yeah. for the past. Mm-hmm. But it can be more of a discussion. 51 Because minutes, I do feel like these things are good to seconds. have as dialogue and discussion over not just listening right, to because someone we've else been, talk about them. We've been working through this for years and years. Yeah. And this is something we and think about And other people bring often. in other perspectives and other thoughts and questions and... People's experiences that we watch other people go through. Yeah. Challenges are thinking, and that's why I said this will be something I'm sure we're we're working through, and really having others. I think that's that's difficult too when you have other people ask, "Well, what would you do?" And it, it's so difficult because you can think you might know what you would do, mm-hmm. but unless you're the one in the situation, right. and like I said, you might even do something differently each time, different times. So, right. yeah. Yep. All right. Well, it's a good wrap up. We can call it quits there. Did we? Did we already plug the floor cleaner last week? Mm-hmm. Oh. Do you have a new plug this week? No, I just really like the floor cleaner. So. <laughs> You're bringing it back up again. <sighs> yeah. No, I think. Do you have a new anything, anything new else? you wanna? No. <laughs> I thought of something, but it feels. What? Okay, I've never bought, I've never had, like, specific maternity underwear before. Until this time, I decided to, like, get some and see if I feel like it's different. Mm Mm-hmm. It's changed my life. Huh. It's so great. It's so comfortable. What part of it? What? I'm having trouble wrapping my mind around It's like a lower cut in the front. And so I feel like you can pull it up higher in the back. I don't know. It's just revolutionary. And if anyone wants a link to the specific ones I got, I'll send it. I even bought, like, a second pack because I'm like, I will never wear another pair of underwear the rest of this pregnancy because it's, like, so glorious. She means another pair of normal underwear. Right. Yes. Yes. (laughs) She didn't just decide to throw (laughs) out wearing underwear. No. But it's great. Do you feel like until now... You were unhappy with your underwear in your pregnancies? Yeah, I always just felt like it was uncomfortable. So I'd always like, I have like a size up of underwear that I would just wear those during my pregnancies. But I never felt like, it always felt like it had to be like super low in the back or it would get bunched in the front. And I don't know. Hmm. I never thought I would care about this at all until one day I decided to try it. And I feel like that helps me a lot knowing that you were dissatisfied with your underwear prior to getting this because I I don't feel like I would say I was majorly dis. I mean I've gone through six pregnancies with same underwear I know but but I don't feel like I've ever even noticed any problems with my underwear during pregnancy at all hmm. I don't feel like it's something that I'm trying to think of like what I would do differently about my underwear to make it better I feel like I feel like I carry significantly lower than yes, you do, though, and that I makes agree. It I was a gonna say I think that difference. I think that my belly is just higher, and yeah. so. But I would put this on the level of, of joy and happiness. I feel over my floor cleaner. 
of how happy I am about this underwear. See, and I just... Well, you wouldn't be a candidate, I, but no, if wouldn't. anyone is feeling dissatisfied with their maternity underwear... Or their lack of maternity underwear, their regular underwear. Also, your ice pack, we could... <laughs> plug this, too? <laughs> There's about 47 of them on Amazon, so just type in ice pack Velcro wrap. Velcro wrap <laughs> ice pack. But there is also like 50,000 maternity underwears on Amazon, and I feel strongly about this. Did you get them on Amazon? Oh, yeah. Okay. Do I, I buy anywhere else? Well, Barely. I feel like you do like Kindred Bravely for nursing bras. Yes. And they, I'm they also sure, had have some, They some did, and things. I almost bought them, but they were so much more expensive yeah. that I didn't. And I went with the super cheapy ones that I was like, I don't even know if these will even be. And they're great. Well, good. So. Okay, well. If you are, are a low-carrying... <laughs> Mom, who is dissatisfied with her underwear, (laughs) bunching in the front. I'm glad I could share that. Low in the back. I've been feeling so happy about it now for months. 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 I've never even known about this. I know. I've I've talked about it to Tim many times. Oh, good. But it's just never come up until you said, "Do you have anything to recommend?" (laughs) And I'm like, "I do." Yeah, I do. There you go. All right. Well, we'll try to think of something as fun as that for next. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye.